Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Matt and Matt Podcast. Welcome to another exciting adventure episode, excursion into the deep, deep world of James Bond, where anything could go wrong, because tonight, for the first time, I'm recording this on Pro Tools, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> this year, instilling a lot of confidence. Welcome to James Bonding. I'm Matt. I'm Matt as well. Tonight, our special guest, who's part of the James Bonding family, you know her as our social media expert, we call her S., but it's Emily Schmemily. We're going with Emily Schmemily. Yeah, that's the name I use on the internet. That's it. I wish I name. wish I had Thank fucking you. done an internet name. I hate people. Well, anyway. it would be if we went, <laughs> if we did that, we'd be Matt Schmatt. Matt Schmatt. We both be Matt Schmatt. Emily Schmemily has a better ring than Matt Schmatt. That's or what if we were Matthew Schmatt or Matthew 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 Matthew? That's better. What yeah. if I was just Matt Schmira? Did you ever consider going by Matthew? Uh, you know. I thought about it, and then it just, everything just said Matt on it by the time I oh, was yeah. like, For me, it was working, too, working. like, uh, hoity-toity. Not that Matthew's like some, <laughs> whoa, what an amazing, it's not like Joffrey. You know, I took but, a look at the opening credits to Friends, and I was like, yeah, Matt LeBlanc, yeah, Matthew Perry, right? Matt seems easier. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. I think Matthew sounds like a little boy's name, too. It does. Yeah, it's either a little boy's name or like a, just a mm, someone a little too high and mighty or something. You know? <laughs> I actually yeah. had the first the first episode this season of the Goldbergs. My name in the credits was Matthew, and I had them change it to Matt. What? Who took the liberty to to make that? Coffee? Apparently, on their paperwork, it said Matthew, but oh, I was like, "That's my legal name too." According to the Writers up. Guild, though, I'm just Matt. Mm. So. What's what's on your driver's license? Matthew. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for tonight. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening to the man, the men and lady with the terrible name <laughs> ideas. <laughs> It's a Emily, terrible idea. Let's check in with Shmemily Emily here. Let's, is so much the, better sounding than Shmatthew. I know. <laughs> what's the state of James Bonding communications headquarters? How's social media going? All that stuff. Um, it's going good. Yeah. We get a steady stream of tweets. Yeah. Email slowed down a little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't really ever... We don't plug the email anymore, ever. No, we don't. And people have probably 
realize that they weren't getting a response. Although probably they do from you. And I try form, to but... respond to oh, that's all nice. of them, even if I'm just saying, "Hey, thanks for writing in." See, oh, look at that, nice. everybody. See, that's more than they're getting from us. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, so S Branch is going along strong. Yeah. Uh, was the reaction to last week's podcast? Uh, positive, negative. Where were they on our what gadget was last episode? Week? Oh, gadgets, right? <laughs> um, it's always, it's pretty much always mostly positive. Oh, good. Um, there good. was a few like, hey, why didn't you talk about this gadget? There's always a little of that. You mm. know, we tried to explain it to everybody what list we were looking at and going off of. Yeah, you can never please all of the Bond fans. There were a few people who were smart enough to blame not you guys but the James Bond. Oh, thank for God. That. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Well, that wiki was. Uh, like an exhaustive list it was crazy what they were considering gadgets but then there's you're saying maybe we missed some gadgets there That's were a few people who I, I know the smart blood was one that specifically came up as people were wondering oh i'd that buy that included. yeah at least the little thing that goes in there yeah or is that oh well, i'm thinking of casino royale but skyfall smart blood yeah or specter 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 oh yeah right? oh, that's so dumb <laughs> i'm glad we didn't do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah emily you're you're on for uh, quite a special treat it's it's one of our favorite uh scores oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah other than that uh, i think we all were talking a little bit about how this one left us feeling a little blah that being said relative to the other james bond movies i would still watch this movie any given day, any given Sunday, especially more than a football, if that's what that movie's about. It even, is. It is about football. Even with the Super Bowl being yesterday. I'd still watch this over the Super Bowl. That's, that's I did reasonable. watch this over the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I tried Good to watch this on the plane, and uh, I realized that I didn't, I didn't have it on my computer. So what'd you do? I got it today and watched mm. it this afternoon. Oh, wow. While Dory was recuperating from oh. egg retrievals. Okay. I was like, you know what, you, you go ahead and relax. I got, I got stuff to do. I got two hours and five minutes of James Bond to watch. Honey, I need you with me right now. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Honey, this is something we're both going through. Here. I understand. I know I'm bearing the brunt of this. I understand. You're telling me you're going to watch a James Bond movie right what now. What can I do? I got to do the podcast tonight. I'm sorry. Which James Bond movie is it's it? It's The Man with the Golden Gun. I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. That's exciting how that worked. So many steps were skipped. <laughs> Well, it's 1974 or 5, this movie. Well, come on, we should know that. Four I mean, sounds right to me. I'm yeah. going to say 74. Okay. Just because of the sheer amount of disregard for uh, <laughs> sensitivity towards little people or Southeast Asians. <laughs> 75. I think my 75 has started to go, wait yeah. a second. Yeah, well, they outlawed it all in 75, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, in response to this movie, yes. in 74. I think this is Roger Moore's character this is 1974 his character is at his worst in this movie of any of them he's a horrible person in this <laughs> film think, yeah in many ways yeah well i mean he is not to be a roger moore in the man with the golden gun defender but you know that oh i'd always like that mod adam situation had always stuck in my head right of of the um the slapping the slapping and then the arm twisting and I was like, this time I was like, well, she does point a gun at him. Because he's watching <laughs> her in the shower and she doesn't All even right. know he's in there. All right. 
He walks that into a stranger's bathroom, sees uh-huh. them in the shower, and his only reaction is to get a big smile. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time to do some peeping. His yeah. actual, his, his main and reaction is, uh, a pun. I gotta get a wall lean on over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Water pistol. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And then he gets, then <laughs> she gets out, mm-hmm. and he still leers at her through a mirror. Like, he's like, oh, aren't I clever? He gets a smile on his face that is less like, I get to see a naked lady, and more like, "Mm, I'm gaming the system even (laughs) further. It's it's more like, you've done it again, James. James. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one, and then the amount of times the phrase pointy head is used is, I mean, we should just get all this out. All by J.W. Pepper. J.W. Pepper. well, that doesn't... So that's totally in character. Via the writers, via the producers, (laughs) everybody signed off on that, yeah. I mean, do you think they were just like, how awful can we make him? He is a uh, southern sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Democrat, Dixiecrat. (laughs) Clearly stated by him in the film. (laughs) Mabel, we're Democrats here. Um, Yeah. So that that is awful, and um, you know, here's another try, attempted defense of Roger Moore's character in this movie when he tosses that young lad off the boat. Mm-hmm. I think it's for that boy's safety. Now look, <laughs> see, going into this, I knew I knew my two big problem spots when he slaps Maude Adams and when he tosses the boy off the boat after the boy helps him, yeah. basically saves his life. Yeah. So this time the shower thing really stuck out to me because like. You know, because you're just always thinking about the slap, but the shower thing is pretty creepy. But this time, I recognize that he throws the boat, off, uh, the boy off the boat, in exactly the path of the other oncoming yeah. boat. Like, yeah, <laughs> I noticed that as well. <laughs> but uh, in fairness, he... <laughs> he also seems to really enjoy himself as he's doing it. Yeah, he cracks like a big smile. Like, I look, check out this clever thing. <laughs> I think it's another it's, thing where he's very. You've proud done it again, himself. James. <laughs> oh boy, you're on a roll. Oh. This might be your best mission yet. Hong Kong is really your wheelhouse, <laughs> isn't it? Um, okay, so those are out of the way. Now let's yeah. talk about this film, The Man I, with the Golden Gun. Yeah. All right. So we. Uh, Interesting opening sequence because we only see James Bond as a dummy. Yeah. We see the guy who, correct me if I'm wrong, is the same man from Diamonds Are Forever. That's right. Who doesn't know there's a pool down there. Yeah, I didn't know there was a pool down there. <laughs> He's there, uh, shows up to beautiful locale. Mm-hmm. I, I would say one of the most James Bond locales of all. It is incredible. You know, they called them the James Bond Islands. That's right. So, is I this mean, Phuket? Is that where that is? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Okay, Emily? Um, you're asking a second wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, internet? Uh, uh, who cares? Yeah, I just recognize it as where Waylon and James uh, go mm. to find Elliot Carver's uh, stealth boat. You're giving those islands identity of tomorrow never dies over the man with the golden. Guns. I sure am. <laughs> Bold. You're you're def- you're taking a lot of you know my position here tonight. It's about right. time I had someone on this show who agrees with me about Pierce Brosnan's greatness. That's 100 percent correct. I also agree that yes. Tomorrow Never Dies is the best Brosnan film. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's two to one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is leaving the room. This is uh, like he's finally. He's finally. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair. Yeah, Here's the second, thing with that movie, yeah, though. It's it's it. Tomorrow Never Dies is like such a great Bond movie. He's always one step ahead. He's yeah. doing James Bond work. Marty, 
unsolicited, what do you think about Tomorrow Never Dies? Oh, I think it's the worst Bond movie. (laughs) (laughs) Two to two. Let the listeners. All right, it's a tie. It's a tie. But I really, you know, I love that movie, and Emily does as well. All right, she gets me. You don't. No, no. Um. I love, we got a lot of good things right out of the gate in this film. You yes. got a third nipple. Yep. You got knick-knack Tabasco. Oh, yes. It's the first line. I'd forgotten that it was the, literally the it's first literally line. literally the Is first it really line of the movie. Even, I don't it think I absolutely 100% the first line uttered in the movie. And if you watch it with closed captioning on, they add a, another word to it. What do they add? They add, hey. <laughs> Before? Hey? Yeah. It says Scaramanga, colon, Hey. Knickknack Tabasco. That seems too informal. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like that he's just yelling knickknack. Yeah, and he's he's eating clams or oysters. Do you think? <laughs> check, 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 checking, check. We're back. All right. Well, it's a real exciting night here because now we're recording in GarageBand. Well, yeah. Matt, we can't all be pro at using tools. No. But we can be a garage at using band. That's right. Anyway, we were talking about talking about knickknack Tabasco. Yeah, and we were Nick-nack talking about the fact that a word is added to the to the closed captioning, which is "hey," and how that seems uh, unnecessary. Do you think they were just like people will be so confused if they are hearing impaired and watching this film that someone would just yell "knickknack Tabasco"? Yeah, because you might not know that's a name. Yeah, yeah, they'd true. think, oh, maybe this is. A knickknack paddywhack situation. Yeah, Give maybe starting a riddle. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they never finished the riddle. This is the worst movie we've ever seen. I'm very curious to go back and read or hear what the first line of every James Bond movie is. This has to be the weirdest, but yeah, I bet it's weird. a lot. Of it like, might be the weirdest line in all of James Bond or cinema history because it's just like you're introducing the main villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. The title character he is the man with the golden gun right and the first words out of his mouth are 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 begging his butler to bring him a hot sauce ordering (laughs) like not begging like right like there will be hell to pay if i don't have tabasco (laughs) and who knows if that's i just feel like the advantages of having a knickknack around you know he seems to be very uh he fits in a suitcase Um, he can steal solar plexes. So, what is it? Solex agitator. Solex, Solex. I thought Solarplex was right. I was 100% a, behind that's that. That's a thing. Yeah. It's well, that's true. That's a thing. muscle, isn't it? Or like a, it's like a bone or like yeah, something. It's like, yeah. right. Whatever it is. You got knickknack there to sneak around and take it out of bodies without people noticing because he's so small. Yeah. He gets to use the small TV. That's next to James Bond's big TV. I love that moment when they're checking their ties and he just looks up at them. Yeah. That is that moment with Hervé Villages and when he waves to him in the car as it's about to fly off. Yeah. And yeah. so you see the profile of Christopher Lee, but Knickknack is just doing a little like yeah. like butterfly wave, little tinkle wave with this little like that grin. Oh, that was killing me. There are some good moments in this film. He's in good shape too. When he, he has is, his shirt off, when he has his shirt off, a little and, pectoral. Yeah, he's like looking good. <laughs> he's got some definition on his shoulders and his biceps. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he, I just wish he ever he didn't drink himself to death. He would have been around he for a long time. He didn't drink himself to death. He shot himself. Well, he drank himself to the point where he wanted to shoot himself in the head. Is that not? Well, I think it's because he didn't. He suffered from that condition where his insides were growing 
sort of oh god normally and well that's horrifying i I didn't know know that was a thing let me double check that (laughs) that's not something you want to (laughs) just no that sounds right matt let's move on yeah that sounds like a definite thing uh how did knickknack die his name's not (laughs) knickknack his name's harvey villages come on i know um, yeah, he really carries this movie in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. Oh, he's so he is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like, by far. He's the most interesting... Well, not by far. I think Christopher Lee's performance is excellent. Yeah, I'll agree with when that. He's, when he's chit-chatting, when he's suave, when he's Christopher Lee. Yeah. You know, I always forget that there's a young Christopher Lee. I always mm. imagine Christopher Lee as the old Christopher Lee, the... The uh, Count Dooku? The Count Dooku of it all. Villachez uh-huh. was suffering from chronic pain due to having normal-sized internal organs putting increasing pressure on his small body. According to Self, Villachez often slept in a kneeling position so he could breathe more easily. Oh, oh I used to do that, too. <laughs> when you said according to Self, though, I thought you meant he had sort of just diagnosed himself with I know, <laughs> Self magazine, like, like, that's probably what that this is. Too. <laughs> Oh, poor little. Do you know what this is? Is my organs? They are the same size as everyone, but I have tiny. Heart was too big. That's oh, so that's so true. Um, yeah, back to Christopher Lee's suaveness. He's just really. He's very impressive in this movie. He is, and he's so tall and lean, like he's just statuesque. He's handsome too. Yeah, yeah. he's very like debonair mm-hmm. in a way that. I find Roger Moore not to be. Well, yeah, Roger Moore's a little bit more maybe suave or dandy. Yes. Where, Definitely dandy vibes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Christopher Lee's a little bit more, I don't know, elegant. Yes. Yeah. Even with a third nipple. Especially with the third <laughs> nipple. Uh, what are we so... Okay, it opens with him... It opens with Knickknack said... I like that Knickknack has to set these assassination games up but yeah but he does it because if he finally succeeds he gets to keep all that stuff so he's doing it out of pure malice and murder and greed basically but also like that's what scaramanga wants i know so ultimately my question i guess i'll put to both of you is do you think knickknack really wants him to die or do you think knickknack really just wants to do a good job I have some thoughts on this. Please. Uh, something I'd never noticed before watching the film, but seemed very obvious to me watching it now. They're, ha- they're definitely having sex with each other. Oh. Like the way that Knickknack plays with them, he's having so much fun. I think they very much have a, have a dominant... <laughs> Uh, I, I think Wait, Nick who's Nick the dom? Knickknack. Knickknack is for sure the dom, and Christopher Lee's his sub. Like, that's what 100% other evidence? the vibe Wait. I get. It's just such an overwhelming vibe I get from the way Knickknack like, plays with him and really enjoys sort of toying yeah. with him and saying, uh uh uh, that gun cabinet's locked. Like, it does, it does, <laughs> you know what? When you think of it, it does have like a, a master blaster from Mad Max or a more to the point like Penny from Inspector Gadget of like, Maybe Nick Knack's really pulling all the strings and yeah. is the mastermind. Interesting. Hmm. Are you saying Penny is behind everything and not Mr. Claw? Well, Mr. Claw's behind the evil deeds. Penny's the one solving the case. Oh, well, yeah. yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I mean, it was a. I thought she was just like putting her uncle coin. in danger constantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be interesting on a rewatch to watch it under With that, that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. That might finally make this movie a little more interesting. Um,. Yeah, I mean, their relationship is, it's hard to put a finger on as to what, if he, but so, okay, so having taken that away from it, Mm -hmm. 
where do you fall on the does he want him dead or does he just want to do a good job? I think he I think he wants him alive because I think he's too much fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I he that. wants him dead. What's he going to do? What's Nick Nack going to do with all the money and the island? I think that's when he turns it into Party Island. Like, <laughs> what if he... That's when he turns it back into Herbe Villages and just... What do we mean? Do you, what if he... Here's my question. What if he gets out of that mast, right? Where James Bond puts yeah. him at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Takes the boat to an island. Perhaps a fantasy island. <laughs> sure. This meets, is a prequel to Vanity. Meets a Mr. Rourke. Uh-huh. Yeah. And is like, you have a lot of the qualities that my old master had. The or my suit. old sub had. Same <laughs> suit. And uh, yeah, I think he's like, uh, what do you say we uh, start bringing people here for weird uh, less life lessons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for weird morality tales. What do you think? Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Nick, I'm a uh, tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want it to be? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Yeah, it's delightful. Something I noticed this time, too, when the mobster comes, his little gun case, and I've seen gun cases like that, but they're usually for rifles, but it just looks like he has a little gun purse. Like a little, this, sh- this little shabby tough. leather gun purse? Yeah, yeah. shabby leather. Uh, his apology his to Al Capone. Hey, Al. <laughs> Wherever you are. Yeah. I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so... It's so something that... Who wrote this? Maybaum? No, I think Mankiewicz wrote this. Mankiewicz, no Michael G. Wilson help on this? I'm sure, but I don't know. I well, mean, I it just, he always had his... It sounds like it. something those two would think was funny. Yeah. But no one else would think was right. funny. Yeah. But they somehow kept in the movie. Yeah. I just don't get it. He's, he's in the I midst think of... It's, it's also like that guy could have theoretically been alive during the Al Capone reign. So today it just seems a little weird. But back then, I'm sure like he had some older... Chicago mob veterans. <laughs> sure. Okay. I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense. All right. All right. But what I'll I do want to talk about, and I know we've talked about this before, is the the fact that he has a silencer on his gun, but it's full bang gunshots in this thing. And this we've mentioned this before, but now I'm just wondering, I'm gonna have put it to you two. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a mistake? Or they're like, ah, we gotta have some impact. Did they purposefully override that or they just weren't paying attention? No, I think that it sounds like a real silencer. Yeah. No, this is not one of those things. You, hold on. I mean, it's like bam. It's yeah, but a real silencer doesn't. No, a real silencer isn't like Doctor No. That that thing you hear in movies that like that's not real. Correct. Like, you hear like, but this. Hold on. I thought the way real silencers work was they don't really dampen the sound; they just disguise the direction it's coming from. Basically. Right. I mean, you can't tell where the gunshot's coming from, but it's still basically just as loud. Well, that's, wait, that's, wait that's, that was similar to my understanding as well. If your feelings are about to change. Are we about to play audio of a, of a gunshot with a silencer? Yes. Oh, from the film, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to prove. This does nothing. <laughs> All right. Loading up the film. We are seeing the MGM lion. Oh, I forgot about the gangster music that plays in that scene. Okay. Because also that third one you hear is the golden gun, and they're exactly the same. And also, James Bond movies have taken great pains to make silencer sounds in the past. I rest my case. <laughs> I don't understand your, what case your case is. was not proven. What? That's not a silencer. He's got a silencer on his gun, and that's making a full gun All sound. All right. 
Yeah, Why? It's not a James Bond silencer, but that is perhaps what a real life silencer. No, like. you guys. <laughs> I listen. I you know from time to time I'll watch a I'll watch a, a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You know of 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 Jeffrey Boothroyd of Jeffrey Booth. Well, yes, a hundred percent. But like, but on. but the real world doesn't enter into this. That's not mm. like his gun sound is exactly the same as the man with the golden guns gun. Well, we don't know what that fountain pen attachment does. Okay, no. no, no. What if that sounds? <laughs> you guys like are it? just being difficult. <laughs> Here's a nine millimeter pistol with a silencer on it. Okay, but this no. is irrelevant. <laughs> what do you mean? Because this is a 1974 James Bond without. Here's it without. Right, your your typical your typical non silent son, and here's it with the silencer. That's with the silencer. Yeah. But in past James Bond movies, whenever they use a silencer, it's either like the kum, kum, or the. So you don't buy that they're trying to be accurate. You think they just messed up. Yeah, this movie's not trying to be accurate. <laughs> that's so true. They do add a slide whistle. Yeah. God, that slide whistle. <laughs> I was not ready for it. I'm just asking. Do you think? Let's take it. Assume that. They're not making it a silencer. Do you think that they're doing that consciously, or they just don't care? I probably shouldn't. Have oh, I think it's a don't care. Yeah, okay. I definitely think it's. A I think it's a hundred percent a don't care. That's yeah. all I was after. I either. think it's a hundred percent. They bring it to a guy, a foley artist at MGM, and that or you at United Artists, and that guy's like, uh, "Okay, you need a gunshot there. Okay, here you go." And then. It does feel like yeah, a just heavy that. cloud of not caring in this movie. Even in the funhouse, it feels like, let's go to the prop department and see what we've got. Because also, the golden gun is just resting on a raven. Yeah, or a, <laughs> yeah I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole prop house situation, the whole Scaramanga's funhouse, for me, is just... It, I'm just like... I mean, I get it. Like, if I had a fuck ton of money i might make a fun house or do a, some sort of dark ride but not a walk through dark ride you know yeah. like maybe something with an omni mover sure. um uh but uh it's so you don't have to stop you yeah, know, yeah just keeps like going a, you like can load constantly like a haunted mansion or a spaceship earth you know any people number mover. of these right. people mover of course that's probably the most famous of omni moving systems um but I, I i just don't like first of all i find it weird that that's clearly Roger Moore in the cowboy outfit, right? Yeah, and I, th- <laughs> I think the reason for that is because they had built the Roger Moore dummy already. Or, but then is the dummy actually Roger? You're right. Yeah, I don't think it's a dummy. So I think what, it's just Roger Moore. Why would they Roger have Moore. that? Maybe the dummy f- didn't look good, and they just were like, well, "Let's put a mustache and a <laughs> hat with a big sh- shadow over it, a hat with a shadow." But like, you don't think they could go to like the. St- Stunt man and put him in the cowboy yeah. outfit. Or they're like, like anyone. Who's I know. You're like Bond. Roger Moore. You're number one on the call sheet. Yeah. Uh, you want to hang out today and just pretend to be this dummy? And Maybe he's Roger like, but I Moore think got the, really into the idea of being a cowboy. Isn't the cowboy actually a dummy, or it's not? It looks like it's the Rod. It's Roger Moore. Okay, I w- I want you right. I want to investigate this heavily. But oh, there's the raven. The gun is in the <laughs> raven's mouth. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, if I was knickknack, I would have hidden each piece of the golden gun. That would have been fun. So that he had to assemble it. Yeah. yeah. That That's would have good. been a more interesting scenario, I yeah. think. You I know, think if I right. could go back in time and be knickknack. Mm. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, 
I did discover, you know, I like the honky tonk piano version, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like the little the jazzier version a little bit more because you still have the honky tonk piano in there. Mm. But there's like a horn section happening. Yeah, muted trumpet. Yeah. I like that too. And that that seems to be when Al Capone is there. And now the Al Capone, those people aren't dummies. Those are just human beings staying still. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With fake arms. Isn't there one or two dummies mixed in? Maybe I I have dummy blindness. I don't know. Um. But for someone with such great wig dar, you'd think... I know. You'd think you'd have... Dummy dar off the off the maybe because all I'm doing with a dummy is looking at the wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the setup for the man with the golden gun. Then we have the intro. We have the wonderful song uh, that explains the whole plot. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. that he charges a million a shot. Graphic double entendre. Yep. And is then, it a double entendre, or, or yeah, I guess it's they're just talking single about single entendre. Yeah, him coming. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you don't have explicit cum references yeah. in most James Bond songs. <laughs> Who will he bang? We shall see. That's slight double entendre. Ugh. Yeah. Right in the line. Yeah. The this is I find to be the most. Um, I don't think Bernard Lee plays M as annoyed as he should be in this movie. No, but when when he does learn of the third nipple, his reaction is so subtle, but it's clearly saying, what is the world coming to? (laughs) (laughs) It's also like, I don't... I don't understand James Bond's motivations for pretending he doesn't know Scaramanga initially. Like, yeah. he does this weird hesitation, but then I, rattles off I, I the man's biography. Too, but I yeah. think it's because he didn't recognize him as Scaramanga. He's used to thinking of him as, quote, the man with, with the, the golden gun. gun. Uh, I, I thought about that, too. Yeah, because there's a moment where he, he stops and he's like, oh, you mean the man with the golden gun. Yeah, right. But uh, we are, you know, we in the field, we know him as the man with the golden gun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, I like Q's assistant in this. This guy. Yeah. I found something real special that you have to look hard for. This is a super gloft or a micro gloft or whatever you want to call it. But there is a shot. It's like a two shot with him and Q. And it's really quick. And he's not talking. And there's a point where he is just shaking and his cheeks are quivering. <laughs> it's really subtle, but it's so. Do you think funny. he's playing nervous or you think he's actually I nervous? I think he's nervous or I don't know. It doesn't make any sense or maybe he has the DTs or I don't know, but I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> this, is, this is quite a gloft. Mm, and yeah. this is in M's office? Yeah. Not when he's identifying the bullet? No. You guys keep top- talking. I'll find it here. All right. Uh,. I don't know why he doesn't come back. I like the idea of Q having an assistant like this. Yeah. He doesn't get an assistant again till John Cleese. Mm. And I find that to be a little off-putting. You uh, f- I think they found a great... Yeah, I like this, this guy, too. Nice foil yeah. to Q. I also like that he brushes his mustache up. <laughs> All right, come over here. Gather around. You, you gotta, wouldn't? You gotta look close. Okay, this is uh, on... If you want to look at this, the listener, it's at 1226 or so in. He's going to be right here and watch watch this side of his face, but it's the assistant. Okay. Seeing Bernard Lake. He's talking. It's right after this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just jealous. I think he's just jealous. 
I don't know, but it's like it's just he has. I such think it's a, a character moment. It might yeah. be, but he has these amazing British jowls that probably just do that anyway. That is a yeah. that is the most micro of gloss we've ever gotten. That's a great yeah. gloss. That's what I'm here. You for. have to really zoom in on that. Yeah, well, that's what I do most days. <laughs> uh, okay, so he. There's also the energy crisis, right? Which is super which is topical. The back, yeah. Which is the sort of the. I'm confused about the plot of this movie, as I find myself now being confused every time I rewatch a movie. Well, this one's pretty straightforward, but it's isn't it just strangely coincidental that these two things in the beginning are separate, but then end up intertwined? Yeah, so yeah. the way he sort of convinces M to let him go after Scaramanga is that if I kill this guy, I can then go about my normal business? I don't even think it's that. I think he's M saying, like, you can't do yeah. MI6 business, and you're probably going to die. And then Bond's just like, well, if I see him first, maybe I won't. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I think there's just this understanding, like... Is this the first time Bond goes rogue? Well, he's not really going rogue. Kind of. I think it's I think it's just this knowing acknowledgement that Bond's like okay yeah. I'm gonna do this thing and M's gonna look the other yeah, way. Yeah, but is this the first one of those? Because there's a handful of those too. He does that yeah. in Moonraker. He yeah, does it in obviously all the Daniel Craig's. No, because doesn't he kind of go off on his own on, in Diamonds or Forever? No, it's uh, oh, it's um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. He does right. Oh right, yes. Yeah, he resigns. He does. Yeah. He types up a letter, yeah. and then he gets vacation, and then everyone thanks Money Penny. Yeah, I think this is my favorite leather quilted door of all the Bond series. It's real simple. It's That's red. Yeah. Do, do they change? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know that they change. There's it's... at least I can think of five right now. Oh my god. Are there other red ones? I was shocked to see that it was red. In this yeah. Movie. I was there's expecting like a brown, a maroon one, and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's very similar to this one, but I think there's more little uh, buttons in it. Mm. <laughs> What's your favorite button per square inch situation? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think I like the. Uh, I guess you go man square with the foot. golden gun with the fewer buttons. Yeah. And I like the. Honor Majesty's Secret Service is missing a button, though, if you really look at it. And the reason I know this is because I had to research this to get my own <laughs> dumb door. So that was the model you used, was the... No, I kind of did a hybrid where I said, I don't want the um, the tufted or, like, the um, seamed, because some of the doors have the, like, it's actually quilted, so they take little squares, seam them together, and then tuft it. Yeah. I didn't want that. I wanted, like, one piece. I mean, that had to be... I mean, that's a that's a very large piece of leather yeah is that pleather or is it leather it's leather but it's just one it's one uh that's one cowhide right there it's there's a whole cat there's two cows on that door no i don't think so i think one cow it could cover both sides yeah i think it's Mm. each a side of a cow all right all right i think cows are bigger than we think about this is probably true and i suppose the cow doesn't have to be all one color they dye it they do so like imagine a cow standing on two legs i think therefore we can see how both of its sides would be both sides of the door you know what i refuse to imagine a cow standing on two legs. <laughs> i've also never felt more dumb about having a this door <laughs> it looks really good <laughs> oh thanks yeah. it's After a we've great just humiliated door. you well, Listen, it does look the really leather good. was sitting on a ream somewhere you didn't listen you didn't kill that cow oh, but then they replaced that ream with another cow yeah Poor well that's on you that's yeah. supply and demand uh okay so he goes off to macau right no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that the first place he goes yeah uh i didn't oh, realize to find Bond the portuguese gunmaker yes lavar 
Um, first of all, I love that he's Portuguese. That I, that feels fresh. That feels new. Mm. Yeah, for a James Bond film. Yeah, true. Uh, I also like how he uh, gives the age-old excuse that I just gave for your leather door, uh, which is uh, the bullets don't kill people. Whoever pulls the trigger does. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the... uh, Guns don't kill cows. People who want doors do. um, the, The way in which Bond... James Bond's in this movie... Is the fir- is the first thing he does go find that green Rolls Royce, or is that second? I thought the first thing he does is he goes sees the belly dancer. Yeah, right. right. To get yeah. the to get, yeah. and that's is that in Macau? The belly dancers in Macau? Uh, that sounds correct. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, that's where, of course, we get the classic gloft of the yes. fight, shifting yeah. the mirror, and sure. you see the whole the entire yeah. crew. Crew. Yeah, you see a very lazy John. Classic. Uh, very lazy guy Hamilton. Yeah. Just going like, uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. One take. Um, print. But also, I find it weird that, like, the dancer has this trinket that has given her luck, and she is not sure what James Bond is talking about at first. My charm. <laughs> <laughs> he... He swallows that. Yeah. yeah this and is then a he, wild scene for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And he goes to the nearest pharmacy. Yep. And passes it. Yep. Yeah. That the shape of that thing. Oh yeah, I must have torn him a new one. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't walk away from that. I, I think, think. I think James Bond is a very flexible behind. <laughs> oh, God. I think he. I think he's ready for all shapes. Wow. I agree with that. To come go I in was or actually out. Thinking about that, yeah. and I do agree. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but you better hope that it's like pointed the right way because it's basically barbed. Like a, it's like a mushroom in a way. So you want the rounded end going first. Otherwise, yeah. that thing is sticking in there. Like, do you a think fish hook. he? Yeah. Would you rather go that way, or would you? Do you think he went and got like some epicock and like? Either way, it it's out. still got to come up, and that's got to go in or out, barbed, right? Yeah, or out or out, top or bottom. <laughs> Elementary, my dear Felix. Oh boy. Do you think Bond had to dig through his own poop, or do you think he had someone who could do that for him? <laughs> that's that's a also good a great question. Because it comes back clean. Yeah. Someone had to clean that. I imagine he went through his own shit. Right? No, you know what he probably did is like just had the hotel bellhop come up. Oh, no. Yeah. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Just. (laughs) Uh, Would you mind? There's a line when he's talking about who would want to kill me. And uh, M says like humiliated shaft enraged tailors yeah so that i mean it's established canon in this film that he treats right. staff like shit yeah <laughs> so it make sense. i also want to know what the humiliated tailor story i is. love that yeah. line like how what how 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 did the humiliation happen yeah. where did it happen did it happen at like a big black tie tailor event yeah where all the like maybe like the tailies <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be so wonderful to see and you know the, james bond is presenting uh the taylor for 1973 he humiliated taylor so bad that that taylor wanted to kill him <laughs> i would love that i also like the idea that uh he's got so many scorned ex-husbands it's amazing i know yeah. it's really just a terrific review of fucking his person <laughs> He's awful. He really is. In this one especially. It's yeah. a delight. Yeah. I'm delighted by it because, quite frankly, I'm not him. 
so I don't have to live my life like that. I can just watch someone else do well, it. It's a cautionary tale, except this movie extols its virtues. So I don't know. It's not a cautionary tale. And I don't. I don't know if either of you had this reaction, but when he's with the belly dancer, like right before he swallows the trinket, yeah, I had a very visceral grossed out reaction i always do when he kisses and it's no different when he's kissing a woman's belly it's the opposite of erotic when roger moore kisses it's so bad why is that because he otherwise i find to be appealing and pleasant Mm -hmm. but sexually he's so off i think he's a go go ahead i think there's a thread running through the roger moore movies where he sort of has the sexuality of like a 14 year old Mm -hmm. like there's moments where he has like a camera at q branch and he's just zooming in on a woman's boobs yeah there's the way he kisses is sort of enthusiastic but not appealing he's sort of got this weird arrest development where he's just he's like a child but he's in he's in a man's body from the you know 50 year old man's body yeah yeah, he's so, I think he's a mess. better kisser than Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb with that Probably. one. That's, that's tough. Brosnan's so bitey. He's very bitey, especially he always goes for that shoulder. He always yeah. takes a yep. good chunk mm. out of the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. but it's, You know what? I'm going to defend Brosnan here. I actually think Brosnan's a better kisser because at least, and I'm not condoning this, but at least his Bond kissing is slightly aggressive, which suits the character. Mm-hmm. Bond's... It's not just that he purses his lips; it's that his cheeks go. He's sucking it. Yeah, he's for sure sucking. Yeah, he in becomes he skeletal kisses. or something, yeah. and he reminds me of uh, Walter Donovan when he ages in the Holy <laughs> Grail or something. Yeah, it's yeah, it's off-putting. Otherwise, I love the man. And Brosnan's kissing to me is also like funny in a way that I don't find it as like gross. Yeah, it's worse. a little no pun intended, but tongue in cheek. But I feel like at some point Brosnan was like. This is how I'm going to kiss on camera. Yeah. This is going to be my move. Yeah, I think yeah. He, I think he does that with everything. His martini ordering, his Bond, James Bonding. It's it's all very conscious of itself and too much of a choice, I think. This movie drags so hard in so many places. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress to you enough how long this two hours and six minutes felt to me. Yeah, it was a bit of a slog for me, too. Um, when he... Okay, so... I love I you know I love the scene with the with the gun that has the squeeze uh, squeeze squeeze the butt of the rifle yeah, yeah. that I enjoyed yeah that's I like that scene and he's like oh you're right that's exactly an inch off and for however old your piece is it's pretty good in terms of you know what what else this movie's offering yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure as far as like set pieces of uh, scenes and of acting that's happening in the scene I think that the the Portuguese gunmaker and Bond, I think, are very well matched. Yeah. Bond has an interesting line in that scene, too, where he like comes down hard on the gunmaker for making guns for, quote, fingerless hoodlums. I know. Yeah. I know. yeah. Like, that <laughs> makes a hoodlum worse. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think you, there's some, you know, argument to be made that they've got, well, you know, reason. Maybe they had bad circumstances. Yeah. What I mean, what... Uh... The fingerless hoodlum situation there, I have so many questions about it. A, good for him for keeping it up. Like, he's like, you know what, I lost some fingers, but I'd like to still be able to shoot. Yeah, he's like yeah. the drummer from uh, Def, Def Leppard. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. somehow got better. What do you mean he got better? He got better when he lost his arm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not he oh. got better as in he grew his arm back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> Rick Allen, Def Leppard's touring right now. I'm so tempted. Yeah. You should go. Aren't they doing the bowl? I feel I like they were know. doing the bowl. I know. They're playing with Journey. 
Oh, that's a one-two punch of get me the fuck out of there. That's a one-two punch of how do I get in there. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm excited about the Dave Matthews band coming oh, to the bowl. Oh, boy. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is get... where I have to turn on you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. It's, you know, Boy Tinsley has uh, decided to leave the band, take a break from the band. Oh, no. I don't know who's going to play violin. Oh, no. I know. I know. He's a founding member. Maybe Itzhak Perlman. <gasps> that would be fun great if they did that classical violinist just got him out there to fiddle yeah oh I'm but what if he didn't do fiddle like he just changed it to kind of you know what it would it would fit with the what i would describe as a potpourri of sound yeah (laughs) that comes out of the dave matthews band okay i get it all right that's weird. It's weird how Dave Matthews' song just started playing right now. Yeah. No, no, that was not Dave. All right. <laughs> Did he come in the room? He might have actually come in the room. Uh, no, there was hey no. guys, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, do you mind if I park my tour bus here? <laughs> just just don't, drop, just don't drop shit on everyone in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. <laughs> do you remember when Dave Matthews was on an episode of House? Yes, that I was do. One of the funniest things on on television. Yes, of all time. I do. I, f- I completely. That sentence f- has never been said before. <laughs> I forgot that that episode existed. But yes, he. That might have been honestly the first episode of House I watched, and now I own all seven seasons of House on DVD. <laughs> wow! Did was Dave Matthews sick, or was yes. it, was it all the victims from the tour bus toilet? Dave Matthews <laughs> played a uh, mentally handicapped individual. No. He played like an autistic p- uh, piano who savant. was incredible at piano. Yeah, oh. who was a who was a concert pianist. It is not good. <laughs> and I believe the opening scene of the sickness is he's out there playing and then he can't play all of a sudden. Yeah, right. Oh. So then House and his team, you know, they're they're. Uh, what are they, forensic diagnosticians or something like I think that? That's what they call them. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, SWAT medics. It's medical, it's medical Sherlock Holmes. They they figure out what's going on with his brain and how to like what do they do? They it, it like the the conundrum is we can make him somewhat normal. Yeah. Or he can keep his piano skills. <laughs> I, I believe what that did he choose? Did episode. he get to choose? Who I chose? I don't remember. Oh. I think he I think he chooses the piano skill. I think I think that's how it ends wow. up. Yeah. Well, wait, are you doing an emergency podcast of Hello, Frasier, or whatever it is? for um, <laughs> Talk salad and scrambled eggs yeah. for the late, great John Mahoney? Yeah. Uh, you know, the news came down today, so it, I haven't really had a chance to touch base with Kevin yet. I know you don't literally wait, did, have a slot open for another podcast. I don't, did but John I... Did John Mahoney die? He yeah. did today. I did not hear this. Yes. Yeah. I'm a huge Frasier he fan. He passed oh. away today. Um, that's really... You know, rest in peace. Bummer. We all hear the blues calling now. Yeah. Mm. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. I miss you, John Mahoney. Uh, wherever you are, John Mahoney, tell Al Capone that that guy didn't mean anything by it. Hey, John, <laughs> do me a solid. If you see Al Capone. Now, I'm also dead, but I just haven't run into him. <laughs> it's big up here, like a mole. <laughs> uh, one thing I do love about this film is the boat the new mi6 like rejiggering oh, of the, the diagonal boat uh-huh. the only place Elizabeth, where they can't be bugged by the chinese or the americans i love that too i just yeah. it's so cool that they did that and man the the angles they would have had to build that floor to fit in the stairwell did you see that where the, yeah. they, they build stairs yeah. angularly into an existing set of stairs that would drive my mind crazy trying to do that. I don't know. That's it. Some mathematician had to come in there to do that. Uh, what do you think of the production design in this film? 
I like it. It's it's Peter Lamont, right? It's yeah. not Ken Adam. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of his best, actually, I have yeah. to say. I think. I like the, I guess that's his gym. That, yes, with the pommel horse. Yeah, yeah and the, the, like, the pommel yeah. horse in it, and like the rope. the center mat yeah. that is like an well, octagon. That's probably where he wrestles Nicknack just to feel good about himself. <laughs> <laughs> I must demonstrate my prowess, Nicknack. <laughs> Please climb me. <laughs> I dare you, Nicknack. Approach. Fenstein, <laughs> <laughs> you know fair you oil yourself. <laughs> Now, now, knickknack. Is this grease? I'm greased. I'm going to use grappling hook. <laughs> Just wrestle me. I thought you'd never ask. Let's get on the pummel horse. <laughs> okay, so he finds out who made the bullet. He goes to Macau. There's a game being played that I have seen in casinos. I know this game. You You go to a wishing well. You put money in a wish bucket, Uh uh you drop it down to the wishing well players down below, and you don't know what happens, and either money comes back up or a cigarette pack full of bullets. And that's the game every time. Well, you know, I... This game is, I guess you're just just guessing the dice. You're guessing what's going to be on those dice, right? No clue, but it's like a two-level game. Yeah, well, it looks like you can either play the game or you can bet on players who are playing the game. I see. That's like craps. Which is an extra level, yeah, which is an extra level of like, huh? Right. And then you add in the tiny wishing wells. God, I love that. The little baskets. I mean, it just seems like poor security all around, these tiny baskets. All it would take is a pair of scissors. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you, like, the guy upstairs that's betting on you, dropping down his money, what prevents you from taking that money? Uh, wait, so are you actually then taking that money and placing the bet, or like a, I don't a, a dealer? Or a I don't know. Has anyone figured? No. Do you no. know? I don't recall this scene at all, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Where's the Maurice LaMarche when you need him? It's yeah. the, so... He, you know, where he, where he has the golden bullets mm-hmm. in the cigarette pack. Yeah. He goes to the casino that. in Macau, yes. right? And Maude Adams is upstairs, mm-hmm. and he's downstairs playing this game with dice. He's just betting. Looked away but it's in my, a full casino. I get it. I get it. Yeah. There was one point where the movie was kind of dragging, and I sort of absentmindedly pick up my phone and almost just started watching the Black Panther trailer. Uh, <laughs> I think this might have been at that point. I'm not... I'm not going to fault you for that. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this takes forever. It does. And then he's out on the street, right? Is this? Well, there's he... a lot of repetition in this movie where he's either kind of following Maude Adams or following Scaramanga, and they mm. they hop from kind of Asian locale to Asian locale, and they're all kind of similar. Either it's Macau or Hong Kong, um, and it just nothing feels really like it goes to the next level until i think you get to the end basically yeah Yeah, and it takes a long time to get to that part of the plot yeah because then the solar then high fat is introduced right and chew me chew me which is a name that i get that they're going for something uh, sort of suggestive but when you really think of it it's bad is yeah chew me yeah that's just that's just either lazy or I think whoever came up with that name has a very unsatisfied partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie is so not good. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, listen, I want to talk about the enjoyable parts of the movie. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Britt Eklund plays Goodnight. 
she gets her own song at the end that starts with good knife. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's right. like but then transitions right into the main. Yeah, yeah, I know. She gets her own intro. But I was like, yeah. you know what? No yeah. one else ever got a song but James Bond and That's the Man right. with the Golden yeah. Gun. That's true. So, um let's see. Her character, I'm just trying to figure out what they're trying to do with that character. Because they introduce her like Oh, here's here's James Bond having to deal with this uh, what he thinks is just a, a, a real dumb dumb, and then she immediately is like, "Oh no, I know exactly where these Rolls Royces are. They're right here. That's mm-hmm. what you get. I've spent two years here in the field." Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh, okay. She's she's showing James Bond what's what. She's super smart, super with it. Going to be great at her job." Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to be terrible at her job in yeah. many more instances. Yeah. So that that part of the character, I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to do with this character. I don't think the writers did either. I don't think anyone on no. set did. <laughs> yeah, there, there. This era of Bond movies, there are certain things within the plot or the script or the story or whatever that they are just not factors anymore. Like things like that. Like they are just don't matter to the filmmakers anymore. Yeah. Well, you know? what's I'll... what's the name of the what's the name of the of the Hong Kong police officer that helps out James Bond? Hip. Hip. And Hip has nieces who he rides around with yeah. who are incredible mm-hmm. at uh, martial arts. Yes. And uh, that's another one of these, like, bet you thought these were just dum-dums. But <laughs> yeah. they're not yeah. just dum-dums. They're great at martial arts. Right. I, I, that whole, I just don't, that's another part of this movie where I'm like, what? Why? There's just literally set pieces strung together. And Mary Goodnight exists as plot devices. Like, there's no character there or anything, you know? But like, she... Maude Adams has more character than Mary Goodnight. Other than Mary Goodnight is like a bumbling... She's a caricature, but... At Maude least... Adams is very... Is very much like... Um, what's her name in Skyfall? Yeah, Severin. Yeah. Severin. Yeah. And, um, Severin. And Severin. Kind of like Solitaire, too, a bit. A little bit, but this Solitaire is way more, I think this is way more Severini. Yeah. Up to the, like, yeah. even to the meter in the casino. Yeah. First meeting is in the casino. Right. Second meeting is while she's showering. Yeah. Like, down right. to there. And you can save me kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And you, I can't tell you who this is. He's such a bad person. You don't ever want to meet him. Please save me. Yeah, kill, it like turns into him. that. Yeah. And then she also gets killed. Right. Yeah. Like it's that's like beat for beat almost. Well, same. she also gets killed is also true of any woman that interacts yeah, with James Bond. That's right. Anyone but the main woman, yeah. To a point. Yes. Um yes. I mean the first woman he but Brit Eklund should have died because she was the first one he encountered. It's mm. never the first necessarily. Isn't it? It no, it's the it's, uh, it's whoever he beds first. Yeah. Well, isn't that Maude Adams? I guess it is, yeah. yeah. But I don't even think that is... I think that's just usually happens. It's more like... I don't know. They're just written... One of them is the sacrificial lamb or something. I don't know. Yeah. You seem really down on James Bond tonight, man. <laughs> no, no. I love this stuff. This one is just a little sloggy. I don't like this movie. <laughs> you seem a little down on I James like Bond. I like parts of it a lot. But I don't like this movie. There have been times in my life where I've liked this movie more. I think it's just in an ebbing phase yeah. for me. Yeah, I I'm feel like the last yeah. time we discussed this movie, I was way higher on it. Yeah, I think so too. But we've also come up on movies that we didn't like before, which is why when we get to Thunderball, it'll be curious to see. It'll be how very we interesting. Feel about yeah. it. Where do you fall on Thunderball? 
I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember liking it. I'm willing to bet if I watched it again, I would find it very boring, though. Yeah. yeah. You got to be able to scrub through these things, you know? Because, like, they just take so long. I scrubbed a little bit in this one, and then I was like, oh, no, I missed the, I missed the car. And then the car doing the twirl. And then I was like, oh, no, that doesn't happen for another hour. <laughs> yeah. But I can always find something to enjoy. Like, when I'm watching this, it's never painful it's it's i'll tell you what especially today because i was like oh i gotta it's i gotta watch a james bond movie right the podcast is tonight so i'm forced to sit down for two hours yes and watch a james bond movie there are worse things in the world absolutely feels like a good break in my life to go sorry i gotta do this you know that's a welcome moment i agree i agree uh my i think my favorite here's a here's a here's a here's a loft it's a Matt Meyer lookout for this. Yeah, exciting. And I think I figured out who this tailor was that he humiliated. Humiliated. Who? It's the guy who cut his suit uh, where he's entering the hotel. Because mm. when the wind blows and you see the inner lining of that suit, it's oh. a real crazy pattern. I love that pattern. That I think. I know what you're talking but about. But I think I he that did too. that. I think the tailor did that to James Bond to be like, "You're gonna hate this fucking pattern." I love I'm that pattern. What is jacket. it? It's either floral or like a fleur de lis. It's almost also, like zebra. I don't know. It's, it's insane. Did you see that pattern? I did. It's we crazy. Mention the outfit that Emily has on tonight is absolutely incredible. Matt, have you looked closely at this skirt? Oh my god! Are you realizing what it is? Is this a... You can see the cruise. <laughs> Matt just died. <laughs> I didn't fully get it until I saw the Naboo uh, to the Naboo Starfighter. Yeah, or that's a, a, yeah, like that's a, a Naboo... Green skirt, and the like bottom third of it is just like a landscape of Naboo. And then your top is a deep cut Yeah, Naboo, it's right? like the crest of like the Naboo royal family or like the Naboo government logo or or I know I've seen it in the movies it's Wait, affiliated with Naboo this is out of control wow. are you just a huge Naboo fan I'm a huge Star Wars fan I get and it I, and I honor the prequels as well as many people don't you know I'm a big fan of a couple YouTube channels out there one of them particularly Star Wars theories which has now a million subscribers to mm. it it's a great channel the guy puts out a lot of stuff it's really funny to listen to him try to uh come to terms with how much he didn't like The Last Jedi. Mm. Like, he keeps trying to come to terms with it, yeah. and it's very funny to me. But uh, he, I think he puts out a video daily, and they're actually very well done. Uh, and then for April Fool's two years ago, he always does these, like, he does these, like, what-ifs, and then sort of does fan fiction about it a lot of times. He'll do, like, a, what if Anakin had brought, uh, what if, what if, Anakin had killed the Emperor in the throne in the in in, in Re- Return Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. What if Anakin had done that? And then he goes on this whole long thing of what would have happened. Yeah, and then he does so a ton of these. And then uh, for April Fool's, like maybe it was last year, he did. Uh, what if Anakin loved sand? <laughs> 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 it was one of the funniest things I've ever watched. That's pretty. Because funny. he tried to take it as seriously as possible. I love sand. <laughs> it doesn't get anywhere. <laughs> Sand wouldn't get everywhere. <laughs> it was really, it's it was coarse. fantastic. It's smooth. Um, boy, I just, now I just want to talk about the Star Wars prequels. Where do you I, stand on The Last Jedi? I love it. I really enjoyed it as yeah, well. I think it's really good. I've seen it four times in theaters. Oh, really? Time, yeah. 
I uh, only saw it the one time. I really do want to see it a second time because I think I'll come around on this. Now, Matt's inhaling because he's like, I really don't want to go through this Last Jedi thing again. So <laughs> we'll spare your feelings, bad, and we'll make it very quick. Um, but uh, <laughs> I like uh, I th- the middle of the movie, I think, mm. could disappear and I wouldn't be bothered. I that's kind of what I felt the first time I saw it. It really grew on me. I mean, I always liked the middle of the movie. I just felt like it didn't necessarily fit. Yeah. But the more I watch, the more I like it enough to not care. But it's also like you have expectations going into a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And if you go into a Star Wars movie expecting a thing, and there had been so much debate over this, like, what's going to happen? Who's Snoke going to be? Who are Ray's parents? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What's What happened to Luke? I think you go in with expectations, and then you see it, and it doesn't give you those expectations. It gives you something wildly different from those expectations. I yeah. think your initial reaction is going to be very like, ah, yeah. I didn't. What was that? You need so I think watching it a second time, mm-hmm. I, which I have not done yet, I think would be, I would love to do that. So Matt, I'm going to take you out a second time. We're going to see it a second time, buddy. Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> never mind a Star Wars outing. All right. Whoa, we see the so- solo trailer. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, it's pretty underwhelmed. Yeah. Kind yeah. of agree. Yeah. I really wish they just made a Lando movie instead. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, maybe they can now. Yeah. Maybe you're going to be like, this is. I'll tell you what I did like in this in this trailer situation. Mm-hmm. I think Chewbacca looks fucking great yeah he looks like i think he looks yeah. more like chewbacca than chewbacca looked in last jedi well he's yeah. an old man in the last jedi yeah <laughs> the wookies live very long That's that true. was not a period of time that he'd aged years <laughs> yeah yeah how so, old is uh, how old is uh this is like how old is wookie he's got 40 years between han solo maybe 50 years between han solo and last jedi yeah, how old do we? Th- how do we, How old do we suppose That's Chewbacca is? A quarter is? of his life. Now that all the legend stuff is non-canon, I don't know how old Chewie is. You can find it if, if you just go on Wikipedia because it'll say like what year the Last Jedi is spent, so you can compare it to the uh, Raven, Wikipedia. Then... If it covers anything, better goddamn cover the age of Chewie. <laughs> the whole I'm... thing was actually it, the servers are on Kashyyyk. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. This is saying a lot about the man with the golden gun that we're sitting here talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Did you know there's a new concept in eyewear? Contemporary eyeglasses that are extremely affordable and fashion-forward. Glasses should be viewed as fashion accessories, but they should not cost as much as a plane ticket or new iPhone. Oh, and that's why we have Warby Parker. Glasses start at $95, Matt. That's including prescription lenses. And the lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coating for every pair you buy a pair is distributed to someone in need uh warby parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free their home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses and they ship them directly to your door and you can try them on in the comfort of your own home my wife has done this now three times and she's like which one is best and since they're right there in front of me i can say this one and i don't have to go anywhere to do it that's right and if you're doing a one-person show it's great for five different characters. Rent out these glasses, do the show, send them back. I have a pair of Warby Parker sunglasses and I love them. You can try the frames for five days before sending them back using a free prepaid return shipping label with no obligation to purchase. It's 100% free and it's so easy that a dog or cat could do it. But not our cat because she's a dumb guy. 
Yeah, well, our dog couldn't do it either. He would probably just lick and snow. Well, actually, he does. He licks my wife's Warby Parker glasses. And uh, quite frankly, we have a lot of cleaning cloths around the house for just that reason. Warby Parker glasses are so good, my dog Bo loves them. So head over to warbyparker.com forward slash bonding to order your free home try-ons today. You can choose five frames you'd like to try on, mail back the frames that you don't want, choose your favorite pair to have your prescription added to, and order. Boom! Warby Parker makes the experience completely risk-free with free shipping all around. Visit warbyparker.com slash bonding to begin your free home try-on experience today. Oh, and if you have an iPhone X, Matt, you can download the Warby Parker app, and it uses that facial recognition, you know, that unlocks your phone now. Oh. It uses it to map your whole face and show you exactly what the cameras look like. It's amazing. Find Your Fit recommends approximately 12 Warby Parker frames that are likely to best fit your face. So no more of this like, oh, maybe I need a wider frame. They'll tell you. <laughs> Did you know that in honor of Black History Month, Nation will be featuring black improvisers and guests for all of February? Hear from incredible performers like Nathan Lee Graham, LeVar Burton, Tawny Newsom, and improvisers like Sean Diston, Carl Tart, Ronnie Adrian, Lacey Mosley, Zeke Nicholson, Daniel Gather, Phil Lamar, and Gary Anthony Williams. All of them amazing improvisers, and you won't want to miss this compelling interview and hilarious improvised narrative podcast. It's a delight, and quite frankly, anything with LeVar Burton is the best. Not to mention Paul F. Tompkins, former guest of the show. Did anyone follow up question regarding our social media? Uh, did anyone brush at us discussing Star Wars prequel stuff in the last episode? Not that I saw. Okay. What did it's we possible they tweeted at us during an off We talked about and Dooku and like... I forgot it was early I just in the morning kept like, I was hungover. I just kept... I, I always... Here's what I'm doing mm-hmm. slowly over time is I'm trying to turn this into a Star Wars podcast. Now, Matt doesn't know that. Yeah. But, but I also don't mind that. <laughs> but I just have like... I've done such deep dives into Star Wars as of, as of late. Yeah, yeah me too. And if you want to make this episode your pivot, I think you're, you're not going to have a more receptive room. <laughs> yeah. And besides, I think you've already done it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> oh, the other, the other, the other Star Wars theory thing he did, uh, April Fool's one was, uh, what if, what if Obi Wan had bought the Death Sticks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It just cracks me up. Yeah, that's pretty. That good. just cracks me up. That guy has a million subscribers. I can't understand it. But there's a bunch of me out there watching this very late at night in bed <laughs> while my wife sleeps i'm like on an ipad watching Honey, this guy do what these are videos. you doing well, i just want to know what would happen if uh, if uh, anakin hadn't slayed these young padawans <laughs> oh god oh god <laughs> what have it's, i done it's it's a lot it's a lot to take in yeah i just you know i really i can't wait i can't wait to see this this third installment in this in yeah this i'm trilogy. very curious to what does jj go. do does he try to reset? Does he try well, to like... Well, it's curious because JJ's, all his strengths are setting up, teeing yeah. things up, and no, no offense, but his weakness is completely is sticking the landing. Yeah. And yeah. so it's going to be really interesting to see what this is. Yeah, I, but it's I kind of like that he has to like get a taste of his own medicine of like all you ever do is set things up and that's you never land. Also now, kind of like the it. brilliancy of, of Ryan Johnson on this. Oh. It's kind of like... All right, well, I'm just going to ignore everything you did, tell a story, 
uh, and good luck with everything you set up. Or, or <laughs> like, if you're going to pass me those vagaries, I'm going to lock them in in such a way that are so specific that you can't, yeah. you can't <laughs> fuck with them anymore. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny to me, the reaction, the reaction of Last Jedi from hardcore YouTube Star Wars. That's, that's oh. the genre. But that is a, a yeah. class of people that YouTube Star Wars should never be given a place. That's like the alt-right. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it, you're not far off. Like, reading yeah. some of those comments on the page, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. And, um... Well, I just think anybody that comments on YouTube, if you're actually commenting on YouTube, you're a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, I've ever You know, sometimes I will say, like, on guitar videos and, and, and like, uh stuff like that i find the comments to be very it's a very friendly atmosphere yeah. over there yeah. for that stuff repair videos things like that but like you know when it comes to like star wars or even star trek stuff it just get i just get so blindsided by the comments i'm like how can you like this thing i like yeah yeah if you're being horrible yeah um but i just i don't know it's just so delightful we've probably to talked me. about this before but the thing if I ever have the urge to comment or tweet at somebody about some like fan culture thing, I always go go back to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and ask himself, "Why do you seek the cup of Christ? Is it for His glory or for yours?" <laughs> and it's like, are you trying to yes. show something you know, or is this really a valid comment? That's and very it's, good. It's advice. almost always let me let me disguise bragging or like explaining of some kind it's yeah. just it's I, almost always useless that's totally. a good filter that is a yeah. great filter yeah. the last crusade filter is an amazing filter i you know the the other day i posted some a picture of from star trek of jordy pointing to uh, a, a display with Patrick Stewart like standing there. So LeVar Burton's pointing, Patrick Stewart's like looking at the display like, hmm. And I made the joke of like, I was like, what you want to, I said that Jordy was saying, what you want to do is turn left at that turbo lift. As soon as you hit that turbo lift, turn left. That's the best bathroom on the ship. <laughs> that was the joke. And then someone commented on my fucking, on my Instagram oh, feed. He commented like, you know, that's not even the Enterprise D schematic. Yeah. And I just replied to him. I was like, yeah, that's I, and then exactly I looked at my point. I looked at the image and I was like, okay. And then I replied to, him, I was like, no, I know it's the USS Pegasus, which they're talking about. It's multiphasic cloak that was developed in secret against the uh, <laughs> treaty they signed with now, the this Romulans. This brings up a big question of whether you should be able to do this in rebuttal or not, because uh, you're technically you're breaking the rule. And, but yeah. then I followed up with the, uh, also, that ship has a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, yeah. it was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, you know what, fucking, these Star Trek fans that don't think I know what I'm talking about with Star Trek. I don't see how that's... Oh, they have a world of hate well, coming well, for you've them. have got the, I think, like, probably the highest tension level and, like, pride of any fan culture there mm -hmm. is, right? I mean, yeah. Star Trek, probably? Yeah. 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 It'd probably go Star Trek, Star Wars, what, Harry Potter, maybe? Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, as a whole, the culture yeah. as a whole, you know? Where would you put James Bond in there, like? I, it low. It's low. I would put James Bond low. But yeah. low in the higher tier. In yeah. the fandom? Yeah. I would put low in the higher tier, yeah. Yes. But the, but the problem yeah. with yeah. James Bond is you've also got... Like that brings a special breed of kind of like that the male sort of you know 
I'm a dashing erudite learned gentleman so there's an element of that that's uncomfortable or something i don't know yeah it's what people take away from these things i always find very fascinating you know like it's people that like i find that like what i take away from star trek is the you know gene roddenberry's vision of the of the future and whether or not he initially started with that he you know ended his life with this vision for the future of like Humanity's gotten past all these problems, all their differences. They're just looking to better themselves and through science and exploration. So I like to very much like hold that very close to my heart as far as the fandom of Star Trek. Yeah. And then like you look at like the fandom of James Bond and you think about like the uh the misogyny of James Bond, the the drinking, the cars, the all this stuff, yeah, you know. And what I take away from James Bond is escapism. That's literally all I take yeah. away from it. It's yeah, like, same. Yeah, I love you know, I love that. And you know what? Quite frankly, he dresses better than most. So why not enjoy a watch or a pair I agree. of glasses? And I think I take it for granted that that's, and I think it's true that that's how most people actually watch James Bond. But there is a small section that doesn't, and that always throws me when there's yeah. someone that actually kind of takes it as like no this is a way of life yeah i watch yeah. like it's weird because like i watch star trek like it's a guideline for how you should live and yeah. i watch yeah. james bond for like no yeah. but enjoyable to you know to yeah. watch yeah and star wars is just you know space wizards yeah well that's uh, the weird thing there's always a small group who's going to take it in weird ways to the point where like there are people who watch star wars and like no, Darth Vader has it right. Like you should. That's oh, how you that's should. you know. You're bringing up an right. excellent yeah. point, Emily. And again, I'm sorry, everyone, that we're jumping into Star Wars <laughs> town here. Mm-hmm. But the people that like love the Empire and like cannot get enough Darth Vader. Are you guys hanging out with these people? I don't feel like I'm all that familiar. Well, with I think them. I'm just like, and maybe Emily's similar to me. I'm just running into them in the internet. Yeah, I'm just like same. running into these people on the internet. That's your problem. Like I was, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. You're on the internet too yeah. much. I suppose. I was watching, I was watching a video this guy does called Disney, Disney News, Disney, I watch a lot of Disney videos also on Honey, YouTube. what are you doing? I'm watching this thing. I'm Honey, watching this update on the sky, the it's skyway. It's 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, you are so like living in my life right now. That's a thing that happens from time to time. I will not be able to sleep and I'll just be watching YouTube. But, you know, a guy was talking about Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge, which is going in at Disneyland and Disney World. And he was talking about this place where you can find the first order. Is that the VR thing? No, it's the... It's what they're oh, calling the that? land. Oh, right. It's what Star okay. Wars land is going to be called, Galaxy's Edge. And he was talking about how much he loves the First Order. And if you want to know where to find the First Order, blah, 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 blah. I love the First Order. I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you love this? these space Nazis? Yeah. It's crazy to me. Or yeah. space neo-Nazis, because they, like, with the right, benefit right. of hindsight, look right. back. And yeah. Oh, well, let's figure no. out how to actually do we this. We should do that again. Yeah. 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 Huh. But it's that's cr- also why I think Kylo Ren is such a great villain, because it's like, it's making fun of the shitty people who want to be Darth Vader. He yeah. is such... Driver is so good. Yeah. Adam Dr- I was not really on board with him during First Force Awakens, but with this movie, I just was, like, delighted by his performance. Yeah. Yeah. Just delighted. 
You're talking about Mini Driver? Yeah, I'm talking about Mini Driver in Goldeneye. Which brings us back to Bond, a deer, a female, deer, Ray, a deer, Emily, don't take it personally if he just edits that entire part out. <laughs> no, I will not. But, but don't take it personally if... Uh, but this is how we view... This is how I think each of us viewed the man with the golden gun. Yeah. We viewed it as this thing we had to get through. And quite frankly, we got distracted at many points while viewing it. And yeah. ended up doing something else. That's true. There were parts that I really liked, though. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to sell it. Shit. What is a part you really? Well, let's like, name Emily. our favorite moments so this isn't a completely yes. negative slide. Yeah. Yes, let's each name our favorite moment of this film. Okay, and I mean take it for granted that it's third nipple for all of us. So we'll say our second second. <laughs> yeah. Kinky. Uh, <laughs> kinky. kinky. Just having a third nipple is kinky. kinky. Oh yeah. Also, when he pulls it off after going to high fat, there is a noise that is subtle but gross. Yes. <laughs> it's just like a... Okay. Yeah. Favorite part in this movie. Hmm. This is tough. What if we just go quiet for ten minutes? <laughs> well, I'm just gonna think out loud. I think it's okay. I have my favorite scene in the movie. I've, I've got it in my head. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. And for me, it's actually about performance more than anything. Mm. Emily, you got yours? I mean, for me, I don't know if it's a specific moment or if it's just literally any moment Nick Knack is on screen. Yeah, I'm he's great. <laughs> I know, because actually I was considering that little moment where he waves in the car is just so unique and weird. Yeah. I love it. But I think I'll actually go with the corkscrew jump. That's incredible. <laughs> Are you that, serious? Yeah. That's this your favorite moment? Joke. What? Wait, that's your favorite moment. The car jump? Sure. It's I listen it's an incredible stunt. stunt. It's yeah. an incredible stunt. Yeah. First time they ever used computers to map right. out a stunt was yeah. that. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, okay, the slide whistle's awful, but I can separate that and just go every time I see that, I I think it's not going to land perfectly on that bridge. And it does. It's like it's like skimming that bridge with the exact contour that it has, and that's yeah. mind blowing. You me. know, to that point, okay. I just want to ask, and then I'll share my favorite moment in the movie. Um, what kind of a person is J.W. Pepper that, on his vacation <laughs> in Thailand, yeah. he decides to? take a car out for a test drive that's what i was wondering as well is he buying is a he car like in oh Thailand? is he like you know what we can get a pretty good deal out here and then yeah. i can still ship it and save us some money i think he's one of those travelers that's like i'm in a foreign country that i probably don't respect i need a taste probably. of america <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> but like he wants a slice of home you know yeah. and so he's he's something like, to let recognize me get in this pacer but <laughs> I was, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Don't anybody tweet this at the man, but I feel like if they ever did a reboot of this, Patton Oswalt would do a great J.W. Pepper. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I don't mean that as, like, I don't think that's an insult, but I always hate it when people go, like, you look like this person or whatever, because he doesn't look like him. He just would comedically deliver that in a way that that role doesn't quite work in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Gleason also would have been great as this, well, that's southern, essentially as this southern sheriff. I cannot believe this character came up before. So yeah. I know! Because I know. it's so clearly a just less funny ripoff. But that's the thing. I've, I've often wondered that before, too, but I've realized that that whole thing was such a, a like, pervasive character type mm. so he's in cool hand luke basically because yeah. Yeah. that was a common thing the totally 
bossy, domineering, racist sheriff. Yeah. And yeah. so it was just like, might as well have been like that the diner with the, you know, like the diner waitress with the New York accent or something right, like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. What you having? Yeah. Uh, Another cup of Java juice? It's <laughs> kind of funny to think there was a time in America where like everyone was on board with like, yeah, fuck cops, right? Like, let's right. all make fun of policemen in movies. <laughs> I know. Oh, so crazy. And Asians, apparently. Yeah. Um, but my favorite, I think my favorite scene in the movie is in during the kickboxing match, the Scaramanga Bond sort of sit down. That talk. is good. Yeah, yeah. I With really the like one where that. Maud Adams is dead next. Yes, to yeah, it's an yeah. interesting scene. I think it does a lot. Yeah, that's it, there's good. a lot of layers to it. Uh, I like that. I love that um, Scaramanga looked for the agitator in the, what is is it an agitator? Solex, Solex agitator. agitator yeah. The Solex agitator in her purse. But didn't look on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because her gloves right down there too. didn't look on the ground. They also go to a lot of competitive, like contact sports, yeah. sumo, kickboxing. Then there's the like karate showdown that they do mm. at that dojo too. Yeah. Now is that reactionary to the Bruce Lee uh, stuff to Enter to the be. Dragon? Yeah, yeah, yeah it has, it to, has be. to be right. Yeah. Um, but I really like I like Roger Moore and Christopher Lee's performance in that. Yeah. I also like that in the middle of that James Bond just. Buy some peanuts, and, and Scaramanga was like, "This is totally normal. This yeah, is the yeah, thing yeah. I'll allow." Guy wants yeah. peanuts. He wants peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did it. <laughs> yeah, we found our favorite things yeah. about the movie. Um, all right, so at the, well, let's just let's just get into it from there. The solar, the 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 peanut scene, the the swap out of the uh, peanuts for the agitator, and then the handing it off to Goodnight. And then she's in the trunk and flying in the she's car. She's in the trunk. She thinks they're stopped. Yeah. Uh, so I don't she, know how she I had know. that like, Driving would seem more like you're stopped than the, the G-forces of flying. <laughs> but I will yeah, say, though, you know, you're in the trunk of a car. You're feeling the wheel spinning. You know, you're feeling the ground underneath you. Think about how you feel when you take an airplane flight yeah. and it lifts off. You feel like your gut Do you feel like goes, you're not moving? Yeah. You guys, want so many planes now. <laughs> I know, that's true. It you're feels like nothing. It. Yeah. Um, maybe she thought they were going up a very high hill, that and then had maybe. and then had leveled off. Oh, okay, and stopped. Yeah, yeah. maybe I don't know. Yeah. You're but a good night apologist. I feel like the noise would be super loud too. I know. In the truck. I know. Oh, it would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I also like them having to then go to M and explain what 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 happened. Yes. It's very yeah. funny. Yeah. So who has the agitator? Good night. Where's Good Night in the trunk of a car that flew away? <laughs> well, both. they found the car, they said. Yeah. But I feel like both M and Bernard Lee are like, I oh, fucking had it. <laughs> Is this really what I'm doing now? Yeah. yeah. Two more. Uh, you'll get two more out of me. I also like that the, two, there's two points in this movie where Q is extra delightful. And it's, it's when he's talking about... Uh, no, no, I've been making a regular caliber bullets for a long time. Uh, and then it's like, oh, no, 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 this flying car thing. We yeah. were actually working on something yeah. like almost that. almost got it. <laughs> it actually is a good character choice because yeah. it almost comes out of insecurity. Like, yeah. I know you've seen it elsewhere, but we're, we're doing it too, I yeah. swear. Yeah. Job security. It's very funny. Yeah. I, I He's so... Um, Desmond Llewellyn is so... This character yeah. is so ingrained in my head as Q. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else. No, okay. but whenever you see him in an interview, he's Q. So yeah. it's just yeah. like he is. Uh, I got to ask, Matt, where are we at with uh, Desmond Llewellyn's hands? Yeah. 
Oh my god, I tuned out so much I didn't even check. I, I did on. notice they were pretty large in this They are pretty large. Like, hold on. Now, as, the, as, as he was demonstrating one of the things, I felt like, oh, if he wanted to, he could just crush that man's head like a grape. <laughs> I have another t-shirt idea. Yeah? I keep having so many t-shirt ideas. Some of them we're doing, some of them we're not doing. Um, but uh, <laughs> if we had like just the outline of a giant hand. Okay. And it was a, and it just said Goldeneye in it, mm-hmm. and then we had smaller hands in there, yeah. and they just said minus one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> and then a bigger outline plus yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Oh, That's so you good. could measure? Yeah, yeah. you'd you see like, are you a Goldeneye or are you a Goldeneye minus? Oh, plus that a... is great! That's very good, oh my god! Or should we do a poster or something? That's a good yeah. poster too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got to have his hands in cement somewhere, right? Right, so we yeah. can get an actual measurement. Desmond Llewellyn. Probably has a cast of his so. hand somewhere, right? I would hope so. How do I like find? If you're that? out there and you somehow know more about Desmond Llewellyn's hands than this podcast does, <laughs> please. Uh, tweet well, us actually, in or... if you host the Desmond Llewellyn's Hands podcast, <laughs> I would listen to that podcast once. Yeah. I'd listen to it the once. whole time. I'd be like, well, I'll see what this is all about. Yeah. I, I, don't, I bet I the audio quality's not great. <laughs> I bet they're using like a snowball in the center of the room. Yeah, they've a got lot more passion to... for hands than yeah. podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for Q's hands. Uh, I would go to the scene where they're measuring the bullet or looking yeah, at the bullet. That's, that is oh. where I that's your best. That that's large. your best yeah. Q's hand okay. scene. It's also where he puts his hand on the man's shoulder, and that is when I had the, oh, he could crush right. his head like a girl. Okay. Or is it like that man has tiny shoulders? We don't know. It could be. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, is that That's before they go to the ocean liner boat, right? Yes. Yeah. That's when he, that's when they, it's after the, it's right after he sucks in the, uh, the bullet and then poops it out. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You guys keep what it going. A, I'm, close. Right. I'm happy to. What's your favorite so. of the prequels? Um, I have a controversial opinion that it's Attack of the Clones. <gasps> I don't think that's uh, a controversial opinion. You don't? No. I think that's a controversial uh, opinion. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I think if you said Phantom Menace, I think no, it'd be most people regard clones as the worst. Yeah, that is the experience I've had when I tell people is that true? it's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Here's why I like it. I, there's this nugget of an idea that I really like in there, which is like Obi Wan as a sort of PI. Um, yeah, I like that storyline. I like yeah. that a whole lot. Um, I kind of like Hayden Christensen's performance in it because it's an accurate portrayal of a shitty teen boy. Yeah. I think that works really well. Uh, I, I like that movie a lot. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't... That's probably... I think the one I've watched the least is probably actually Revenge of the Sith. That's my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Of not just the prequels, but of Star Wars movies. I think that might be my least favorite, too. Yeah. That you know what it is? They have to jump so much. They have yeah. to, like, s- slam so much... Anakin into it. Oh my so much. They slam so much Anakin did, and they also like waste their time on like nonsense. Like they go to Kashik. Yeah, so Chewbacca can be there. Yeah, there's the weird sperm opera, which yeah. I don't know how, why more people don't say that it looks like a sperm opera because that's exactly what it is. Well, that's exactly what Dory and I went to today at yeah. the IVF clinic. We <laughs> yeah. went to a small sperm opera. Yeah. Okay, I've got it. All right, these are big hands. Yeah. Results have been computed. Goldeneye minus one. Whoa, yeah. that hands. might be. Some of the biggest hands we've seen outside of a golden eye. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah. All right, let's cut to the end. By of the way, thing. there's no rhyme or reason. 
to his hand sh- size. It does I, not I, grow. I wonder, it does not. Someone sh- should take what we've like done. Like the shrinking and, and the growing of it seem to be all over the map. I think it must me, depend on like his his diet. At his the time. sodium I level. Like, like they, how many saltines he's eating. I feel like if someone were to put them chronologically, you would see a trend heading to Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so far away from Goldeneye. It is, and it's only a minus one. That's true. This is 20 years before Goldeneye. Yeah. I know. So his hands have a lot of shrinking and growing to do. That's true. Yeah. These are, these are shrinking meat hooks. And growing. <laughs> yeah. And growing. Gold. And shrinking. <laughs> shrinking. And growing. All right, let's go. Bond goes to the his lair. He goes to the island, yeah. and we're here for... Uh, also, another scene I enjoy, more Christopher Lee acting. Yeah. I love the actual joy with which he expresses his like he's got desire a to like be friends with Bond yeah, before he kills him. Yes. Yeah, I also love the piloting of that plane straight onto the shore, and it's just like coming in at a fast clip, yeah. and mm. it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. Well, he's on a mission. That's right, and that mission is to what save the good night and the agitator. agitator. It's to get the Solex agitator back because. Uh, Scaramanga is going to sell it to the highest bidder who will That's use it right. for evil. But And also he has a laser. <laughs> That's the weird part. That's his perk. But yeah. it's like, that's like a miniaturized version of the Die Another Day weapon, correct? Yeah. Like it's yeah. the sun. Yes. It's yeah. harnessing the sun to create some sort of laser. Yeah. Right. And in, in, in Die Another Day, he just wants to destroy the mines across the demilitarized zone. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't he kind of want domination, I think? Well... <laughs> well, what does he want? What does he really well, want? Well, what does Scaramanga want with that laser? I guess I, he just wants money. I think. Oh, I think he wants money. To, he's going to sell the Solex Agitator for money. Yeah, but I think he also just like he thinks the laser is cool. Yeah, I think the, the laser is just a toy. Yeah, yeah. And the British government thinks it's dangerous for someone like him to have that laser. Yeah, which I agree with to a point, mm-hmm. but he can't really take the laser anywhere. And also, no. lasers just don't kill people. Yeah, he just, just needs fingers that fingers pull the trigger. Pull the, yeah. yeah, he just needs <laughs> he just needs people. To drive their boats and or boat planes up onto the shore so he has something to shoot. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's right. I love, too, that the champagne's there and he shoots the, yeah. he shoots he shoots the cork, the cork off, off the yeah. champagne well, and runs up very... like delighted. I couldn't resist. Yeah. Suggested I had too. this gun. That was there. Why not? Knickknack just gets covered, just in, covered champagne. in champagne. <laughs> Poor little guy. Which I think is a visual that yeah. Scaramanga appreciated. Yeah, I think For right. reasons that tie into my theory. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy every scene Christopher Lee is in. Yeah. There. The dinner, I like their little dinner conversation. I love that dining room too. Yeah. It's a great dining room. It's not as good as the pommel horse, but it's, it's up there. Mm. And then, you know, James Bond's move of putting on the suit of the dummy. Mm. All right. (laughs) I wish they would have showed us, showed him, you know, changing out and in. By the way, I love that the, actual danger the escalated danger in the in the climax of the movie is just due to the fact that goodnight did not read the sign <laughs> it's not because she threw the man in the well as james bond points out didn't you read the oh, sign right. yeah handle <laughs> yeah. like eggs handle like eggs <laughs> um yeah so this movie the climax of this movie the showdown between scaramanga and and bond is ultimately Somewhat satisfying. Yeah. All things being equal, I would have probably just preferred them to literally have a duel there on the beach, you know? Yeah. 
But what would that look like? It would be very short. Or are you saying yeah, it'd probably like, be pretty start short. shooting at each other on the beach? No, nah, just one up of, into the that Bond just shoots him, just very quickly. Would there be more build up in this version? Uh, I haven't worked that part out yet. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Should we start a spinoff YouTube channel called James Bond Theories? Oh, and God. it's I what if what if comments. James Bond had killed Scaramanga Actually, on the beach? Actually, he did. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm delighted by everything on YouTube right now, guys. If you haven't gotten YouTube Red, this is not a sponsorship, but it's changed my life. Wow, <laughs> really has. Like, you'll spend so much more time on YouTube oh, when there man. is not a commercial. Is mm-hmm. that for the better, though, for you, do you think? Great question, Emily. <laughs> Don't know. How much is YouTube Red? <laughs> Ten bucks a month. Mm. But, like, the amount of time I spend watching YouTube, yeah, it's, it like, worth like it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, essentially, I watch it every night before bed. Okay. But I, like, bop around. There's so much good content out there. That's my problem is I don't... I get bored searching. I want ideas to come to me and they don't always. Also, I think I've mentioned this before too, but my wife and I share a YouTube channel and she, well, she took over mine. So where I would get notifications of like Star Wars and everything. Now yeah. it's like yoga for nurses and, <laughs> or like yoga. Yo, it's this yoga channel that is so specific to what's going on in the world. So it'll be like yoga for political well you gotta relax i know know. i mean i'm all for it but you can't take it all in right now it isn't no one can yeah you'll end up like me with a panic attack um okay so the real climax of this movie though is is on the fight with is on the boat yeah with with knickknack that is the point dory walked in and was watching this movie and she's like she's like how much longer is this i was like there's like five more minutes yeah she's like What's happening? I was like, yeah. oh, well, he's Nick Knack is uh, angry at James Bond for blowing up his house. And uh, that's how I interpreted the Blowing anger. up his house and killing his no, no. pet. For me, it was just the house. He yeah. was just mad I mean, about that the house. That really was his inheritance. That he um, yeah. And uh, I was like, but don't worry, it's not going to happen. She's like, how do you know that? I was like, well, he says earlier, I've never killed a midget. I'm just quoting. <laughs> I would never use that word unless it was a direct quote from the movie. Uh, and uh, she's like, What? I was like, yeah, no, he says it in the movie. And then right as I'm saying that to her, he puts him in the suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I love his, I love James Bond stabbing underneath the couch with the broken part of the chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is. Like, a... I was like, that is, that's a very, actually very effective way if he was still under there to, to, to hurt him. But yeah. it's rare that you end a James Bond movie feeling for the henchman or the villain like i i see knickknack up in that thing who he's kind of like isn't he kind of resigned doesn't it just end with him just kind of like well here i am well no it's him saying let me out or i'll kill you yeah but when they do the long shot at the end and he's up on the crow's nest isn't he just kind of like "Mm." (laughs) i think he's (laughs) like a a scarecrow i think he's just like yeah that is so sad (laughs) i'm I'm 100 on knickknack's side in this movie (laughs) throughout the whole thing He's, I mean, he's trying to kill Scaramanga, so yeah. that's good for yeah. the world. Like yeah, he's trying to true. do the world. Yes, good. look, he's just sitting in this thing with his arms hanging out in his net. Oh, and he had to be there for a whole helicopter shot. Who yeah. knows how long he was up there? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no one, no one kept records in those days. We'll never know how long he was up there. That's right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, listen, uh, do you guys have anything, anything else to add to the man with the golden gun? No, discussion? except I, I realize. Oh, I, I know. Emily noticed something. Yeah. When 
So, I mean, I didn't. This was like it's not like a. This is not an eloft or anything. But when the <laughs> when the sumo wrestlers electronic go to kill James Bond, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. When the sumo assassins come to kill James, they've got him in a sort of bear hug, and James's instinct is to uh, grab his ass. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird because yes. there's no reason that would be especially as effective. Right. It's just like he saw a big ass right. and was like, <laughs> notice that after can't that keep my hands fight, off this. <laughs> that sumo wrestler is se- seated. Yeah, and he's I. Get, I guess been given the direction to cry, but at yeah. first it looks like he's kind of laughing, like, wow, <laughs> I really experienced something great here tonight. <laughs> and then I realized that's just kind of his bad acting, and then he's crying. But. To me, it looked like he just was like, yeah, no, it was that. That sort of was what I took away from it, too. It was like, what a night. Yeah. Like, that's what I was getting what from that guy when I he I learned sat down. some things about myself tonight. <laughs> what a night. Yeah. Well, it's time to rate. From 00 to 007, 7 being best, 0 being worst. Yeah. Where do you guys place the man with the golden gun? Well, I have a very firm number in my head, Matt. I've got one, too. It was a little difficult to arrive at at first, but I'm standing behind it. (sighs) Emily, do you have a firm number in your head? I do, actually. Okay. Who would you like to go first? I get to choose? Yeah. Well, you can also refer to our guest, yeah. Emily. Okay. Uh, this movie was not as good as I remembered it. Mm-hmm. I, I bet t- there have been times in my life where I described this as my favorite Roger really? Moore movie, and th- I, I did not get that from it this time. What about it before you announce? What was your, the? Why was it your favorite? You I think? think I solely remembered Christopher Lee and, and yeah. Hervé Villachez okay. in this movie, and I still love both of them. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the movie just doesn't really hold up. Yeah. Um, it gets boring. It drags. Um, but it does. It does still have those sort of two great performances. So I think, I think double four point five out of seven is going to be mine. That's still pretty high, I would say. For this. I did still like it because I, I think wow. it's a it's a great bomb movie to watch if you can just look at your phone anytime Christopher Lee and and, and if you can are not look at your screen. phone and put on another Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. Just it's because it, it, I mean you're describing honestly fifteen out of the twenty five James Bond movies. <laughs> twenty four. I don't know. That might be a bit much. I think they're all. Well, I mean, I experience a lot of them because we've seen them so many times at this point in our lives that, like, I can experience all of them like that. Yeah. There are very few that will, like, no, you know what? Just you gotta gotta watch sit, this yeah. and watch this. Right. Um, that being said, Matt? I'm going to go 002. Mm. This one is not not among my favorites, and I think I realized that a little bit more this time. It's just uh, you can see the seams too much. Yeah. Well, Matt? Yeah. You're exactly right. Oh, man. That's right. We always, we always learn whether we're right or wrong. Double O two. Yeah. Wow. I was wrong. Apologize. Double, no. No, no, no. Double this O2 is, is your right. Heart. You're going with your heart here. Okay. Double O two for me is well. And I could not, because I feel like I gave Moonraker a 2.5. Mm-hmm. And, you know, solely based on that scale. I have to put this at a half point below Moonraker because it is a half. You go below Moonraker. That's yeah, it's a half to point less yeah, enjoyable to me. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I would still put this above Moonraker. Wow, Moonraker like has Moonraker. more. Moonraker has more moments. Yeah, more moments for me than this does. Yeah, this has a lot of traveling around. It does. A lot of getting from here. A lot of shoe leather in this movie. Mm. Yeah, but not the good kind of shoe yeah. leather. Yeah. Wow. Well, Matt, very exciting time for everybody listening to the podcast yeah. because it's the time where we get to find out what movie we're going to be covering on next 
the next movie episode of James Bonding. And it is your choice. Well, you know, I always uh, get a couple lined up right in the barrel ready to fire, but I like to see how the night goes. I like yeah. to see like where we all were, what would answer, what would pair best with that. And I think we need a palate cleanser. I think we need to get back to a solid, solid bond. Because mm-hmm. not that Moonraker and Diamonds Are Forever weren't, but they're in that kind of, you know, same realm of slight campiness and fun, flighty bond. I think we're going hardcore this time. We're going to go from from Russia with love. Oh, what a treat. Yes. Oh, we are finally getting out of the 70s. Yeah. We've we been in the 70s a, for a month. We haven't done a classic Connery in a while. We still got a handful of those left. So, yeah. Um, there's been one that I've almost chosen every time for the past three that for some reason I, I want to see, but I can't decide why because I want to revisit it again. But that's not this you one. You just got to feel it in your bones, you that's know? Right. And then you're going to be ready. Yeah. Uh, Emily Schmemley, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Very Cool Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can listen to one of my podcasts. I do one about the Super Mario Brothers movie that's called Super Mario Bros. Minute. Uh, I also what do minute one- are you guys up to? 75. Oh, oh man. 76. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> We're deep in it now. Yeah. Um, and that's the show where we watch the Super Mario Brothers movie minute by minute, and we watch each minute the number of times that it is, which means now, every week, we are watching longer than the length of the film of just two minutes of the that's film. Just, so you will watch, so minute 74, you watched 74. And Well, because we record two a week. Okay. So every so like that week, we watched 74, 74 times, 75, 75 times. You release twice a week, too. Mm-hmm. This yeah. sounds like you are... First of all, I came up with a great concept mm-hmm. to do that to yourself. But yeah. also, it sounds like you're torturing yourself. <laughs> do you watch while you record? No. Holy so, shit. Because me and my co-host, so we, we, we tend to do is we watch all but the last 10 separately, because that's easier timing-wise, and then we watch the last 10 together. Okay. And actually, recently, um, since we hit the hour mark, we've been doing this thing where on the even number minutes, we do some kind of challenge for the last 10 watches to mix it up. Like, one time we watched on mute, one time we watched the minute in reverse the last 10 times. Um, and you catch new things when you do that? Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. Um, we're going to do one where we sync up the minute to Dark Side of the Moon to see if we can just <laughs> discover anything there. You should also sync it up to Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That and uh, what was your other podcast? Um, it's called Ben V on Spielberg uh, for the podcast network I'm on, which is Ben V Network. Uh, we talk about Steven Spielberg movies. Oh. Cool. Uh, we're on to his producer movies now. So our next episode is Back to the Future, uh, which nice. we're dropping on the 15th. You know, ever since I've grown my beard out for this long winter of hibernation mm. and i got these glasses i've been getting a lot of you look like Spielberg. well you got the hat too i know yeah. my dad said it yeah. i was walking around this i was walking around a lot at work the other two weeks ago and i had had i had on um jeans like black i had jeans i had brown boots on and i had a white, uh, no, a blue button-up shirt and a green canvas military jacket and this hat and the glasses and the beard. And I'm walking and like this security guy goes like, you a director? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm a writer. He's like, that fits. <laughs> I just kept walking. I was wearing Jodhpur's a beret and glasses and I had a megaphone. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds terrific. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about Back to the Future. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Mine too. Well, Emily, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sitting through this of uh, the lesser bonds. We're sorry we did this to you. Yeah. I mean, I liked it overall. I did Just too, not as much as I remember. Yeah. And the listener, thank you for 
going on this journey with us, whether you're a fan of this movie or no. And thank you for going to Kashyyyk with us. <laughs> That's right. That little side journey. Thank you for you jumping, have the jumping into hyperspace. There in that little book stack. <laughs> why, well, I know can, why. I know why. <laughs> I know why you have it. Why would well, you that's have from it? I had it since I was a kid. Oh, my God. It's a story of Lumpy on Kashik, and uh, I guess it must have been based on the holiday special, but it's not quite that story. Wow. He mm. falls off the ledge. Oh, no. Yeah, he falls into that the depths of Kashik. Well, he's, he is, you know, there's a bit of the holiday special where it's like, will yeah, he fall off the edge? Will he to. not fall off this the edge? This is a what if, yeah. Oh, um, my God. So this is adventure. like a Star Wars theory situation. That's right. What yeah. if Lumpy had fallen off the edge? <laughs> That's right. That's He'd amazing. be lumpier. That's yeah. amazing. Well, I would uh, fucking be delighted <laughs> if they get they jettison everything in Legends, right? Yeah. And the only thing they keep from this extended universe of Star Wars is Lumpy. <laughs> well, isn't the, the holiday special canon? I believe no, it's it not is. canon. I believe not according to Lucas. According to it's not Lucas's decision anymore. Star Wars uh, minute. They say it's canon. Maybe they're joking, but I thought they. I thought that's real. Well, what I thought Disney, I thought their thing was nothing with the movies are canon, and, and nothing with the movies and whatever EU comes out from now on. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, the the original actors are in the holiday special, so I don't that's know where right. that fits. Yeah, that's very true. But it, I mean, physically they're so there. I feel like that yeah. mentally they are not there because like they don't <laughs> yeah. like they're not counting droids, right? The cartoon droids, they're not going to count that as canon. Yeah, I don't know. They will, but not Ewoks. And it's also like did. Did Boba Fett ever ride a dinosaur? It's a great question. I'm willing to bet he did, whether or not it was in that that (laughs) cartoon. Well, wait to the Boba Fett movie. Oh, no. It's only a matter of time. If they do, by the way, if they do this Kenobi solo picture and they don't have Ewan McGregor in it, I will be ripped I'm sure they will. I will be ripped I'm sure they will. Star Wars fans will riot if it's not Ewan McGregor. Why wouldn't it be Ewan McGregor? I feel like they're trying. Here's the thing. Why wouldn't I mean, have you heard anything but that it will be? (laughs) Mm, I just feel like. No, it will be. I just feel like they're. It absolutely will be. Maybe they want to go younger. You know what I mean? Mm, Like they want to be like. Ewan McGregor can't open his mouth without saying how much he wants to do it. I know. If I was. If if I were Ewan McGregor, that's all I'd be saying also. Yeah. But like. I just. I. The. The way that this Han Solo picture has gone is, is frightening to me. Yeah. Like I really do worry that like. It's off the rails. Yeah. I think it is. All right. Well, we're all going to find out. Hello Um, there. (laughs) What if he'd bought death sticks? (laughs) How much are we tucking? That's horrible. What was I? That was good. I like that. That that last one was bad. I do feel like, though, I feel like the, the Last Jedi Force Awakens situation, I feel like even though the prequels are canon Mm -hmm. i feel like they do their best to avoid things from the prequels because i think they have a bad litmus test of the actual star wars audience i think they think that the star wars audience hates everything from the prequels and it's not true i feel like the new movies have actually done a pretty good job of avoiding sort of stuff we wouldn't necessarily want to come back from the prequels true chlorines and such but i kind of like the way they've reconciled the universe and i had specific examples in my mind the other day but i can't remember them well the jimmy smith's thing in rogue one was pretty good but I was I, I was like going off the tone of the humor in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to the end and they're like, We've got we've got to get a message out to our allies to help us. I was 
70% certain that the Gungans were going to come down to the <laughs> mineral planet of Crate and save them. I would have been down for that. I would, I would have, have been, stood up and cheered. I would have been on board for that, too. <laughs> well, it's better than a porg. No, I love the porgs. <laughs> Do you like know the why porgs the porgs too. are in the movie? Because they had to cover the puffins. I didn't realize that yeah, until like that. my third yeah. watch. That's so good. <laughs> All right, well, James Bonding... <laughs> Will return. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 